Welcome to the Cackalack Panthers Chat Podcast, coming to you quasi-live from the Gate City. Folks, we are the official, unofficial Carolina Panthers Podcast. The statements made on this show do not necessarily represent the opinions of those individuals making them. Opinions may change on the fly, after conscious deliberation, or for no reason whatsoever. And finally, as Mel likes to remind us, we are grossly unqualified to give our opinions on professional football players, but we in no way let that stop us or even give us pause. My name is Adam. I am one of your three hosts tonight. I have here with me BK and Will Stradamus. Mel cannot be with us, but uh, you guys ready to get going? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. BK. Spice. Who is tonight's sponsor? Thanks, Adam. Tonight's sponsor is the Panthers Play Calling. When predictable, conservative, and ineffective are your thing. <laughs> yeah, Spot on. so true. I, I saw a stat today. I don't remember what it was, but it was like 80 plus percent of our first down calls or runs. And I mean, it was bad when one of the announcers started commenting about, well, they kind of know what they're going to do. So they just stack the box, get ready for the run. I mean, like. No one of the run games ineffective. I mean, it, it, it's the run game can't be effective when it's that predictable, and the pass game can't be effective when you're always playing from second and nine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's the same stat that you saw, but I saw a similar one that also then added that our average yards per first down play when we run the ball is like one point seven. I yeah. saw the same. Okay, I saw the same. Yeah. So, well, that's a good lead in to. Yeah. Will, how did we do this week? Uh, I guess I called it. It was a loss. <laughs> Indeed it was, Will. Tell yeah. us about it. Uh, well, you know, I'll... it was. It, it started off, I, I, you know, of course, I, I love that, uh, that intersect <laughs> of... <laughs> just pop the bottle, Spice. Yeah, just... just... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> it's it's been rough. I I mean it, the the game started off fairly well. You had that big pass interference call. Um, knew that was going to happen at least once. Uh, yesterday with with Justin Jefferson on the field. Um, but then followed up by that terrible pass from Kirk and that awesome pick six, ninety nine yards, the longest in franchise history. That was a way to start the game. I. I also think I said something last week about how our defense would have to score a bunch of touchdowns if we expected to win that game. Um, and, and so that was going great, but then the offense stepped on the field and it was just, you know, the same <laughs> old, same the, old. <laughs> should have just left the defense out there. Maybe they can run and pass the ball. You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure they could do it as effectively as our <laughs> offense, quite honestly, because, I, I mean, we've got to be the worst in the NFL at this point after, you know, Justin Fields even managed four touchdowns. And I think over yeah. 300 yards yesterday. So um, we are really not looking great. Um, offense was was putrid again, I think is fair to say. Defense um, did enough to keep us in the game as they as they have been. I mean, you really can't ask for much more than than what they did. They held Kirk Cousin. They, they gave him the worst game, I think, so far this year. And Kirk has been really good this year at least yeah. in terms of volume stats yeah 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 um so you know uh, uh, Aviro, uh Aviro has, Aviro, Aviro, Aviro. Yeah. okay but he's been doing a great job um the fact that our uh, demolished secondary went out there and and really for the most part 
shut the Vikings down says a lot. Um, but our offense just is nowhere near where it needs to be. A lot of guys, you know, Bryce is missing guys, taking too many sacks. He's losing the ball at the most inopportune times, playing too safely. Um, you know, he's completing a lot of his passes, but that doesn't mean much when your average depth of target is like five or six yards. You know, we've just got nothing going on the offensive side of the ball, and it's been tough to watch week after week. I mean, there's there's nothing you can say about this game that hasn't already been said about the previous games and the preseason, unfortunately. BK? Yeah, the inability to score in the red zone is getting really, really frustrating. Really and frustrating. I think it was like exacerbated or just more obvious given the amount of times where we were in the red zone couldn't score got lucky and got a penalty against the vikings that gave us more opportunities the possession right after the 99 yard touchdown by the defense we had nine plays in the red zone nine plays in the red zone and we got a field goal Um, similarly towards the end of the game we had eight plays within just outside the red zone within 22 yards Um, And we end up turning it over on downs. So you think about that. That's 17 plays, you know, essentially in the red zone, and we get three points. You you can't win like that. No. No, you can't. And it's never a good day when your defense goes out and scores more than your offense. And that happened here. Uh, It's demoralizing, really. And and I think, you know, this this is what you've hit on a number of times. Over the last few weeks, Will, just just you're seeing the ineptitude. I think I was hoping that these things were fixable with a correction here, some adjustments there, but uh, it's it's a strong pattern now, and I, I've I've lost that hope that I had earlier that that this was something that was you know a tweak here, a tweak there, a lesser uh, number of penalties this game, and maybe we're still there. But when you see the abysmal play calling that is our red zone play calling, I mean, you see us move the ball up and down the field, and then it's just like we get little little alligator arms, you know, at the time that we 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 need them less, you know. And um, the, the other really frustrating thing about all of that is this seeming lack of awareness by Frank Reich in terms of what he's seeing on the field. I don't know if he feels like this has got to be, he's got to put lipstick on a pig, so to speak. But, you know, the, I, I think sometimes when you're a coach, it's better to go out there and just own it. I, I mean, I remember like Jim Moore, you know, we, we referenced a clip by him last week. He has been referenced often on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. But there's any number of coaches that will go out there and like, we stink, we stunk. I think about the, uh, the Detroit Lions coach last year, you know, after we put a whooping on them and we were not doing anything. And we had a great, great, great game, almost ran the ball 300 yards that game. And, uh, you know, he was like, we were terrible. You know, we needed to do better. But where is that kind of accountability with Frank Wright? And that's one of the more concerning components that I'm seeing with this team right now is that that accountability doesn't seem there. And I don't know if what he's saying internally is different than what he's saying at the podium. But right now, what he's saying at the podium is very concerning because it's almost like he's watching a different game than the rest of us are watching. There's a reason why fans are pissed. It ain't just because we're losing. It's the way that we're losing. Oh, yeah. And so when you when you have a team that doesn't score in the second half, when you have a team that just doesn't know how to facilitate the growth of the number one pick that you gave up a lot to get. We're not seeing Bryce progress. I mean, people cited little stats I heard in the press conference. He's improved marginally here and there. It's like, no, he's not really improved. You threw nine 
screen passes behind the line of scrimmage. Now, when that makes up almost 40% of your completed passes, that's not improvement. That shows you lack creativity at the most basic level. It shows you don't know how to get guys open. And and Bryce, I'm not sure if this is to be laid at his feet because I, I haven't seen the metrics for him this week, but at, you know he's, he's holding on to the ball longer than any other quarterback in the NFL right now. And he's taking some bad plays. I mean, we've had some really bad plays, a fumble for six this last game. And and those are game-changing type plays. Drive-killing sets. Dri- I, mean, I mean, just, yeah. I, I mean, just things where throw the ball away, you can still eat out a field goal. It's not what we want, but at the same time, it's it's something. It's, and it keeps it, you in the game. It keeps you in the game. As and opposed it, to six the other way. Yeah, and, and, you know, you feel like just the way that it's being coached, the way that the game is being called they are hoping that we can have perfect games and win by a few points instead of realizing this team's not going to give you a, a perfect game so you've got to play to win i mean you've got to take risk you've got to play to have chunk plays which we've not seen from this team and that's the other thing when we get down there's no hope of coming back there's just no sense that this team has the offensive cylinders to be able to come back from even a marginal deficit. So when you see a a play where we go from being inside the 10 after scoring a defensive touchdown, we then have a great defensive stand, get the ball back, go all the way down the field. And then from within the 10, what do we do? Nothing. I mean, we literally can't do anything. I think we got to like the two at one point. I think it was. I think it was. And so what do you get from that? A field goal? You got to be kidding me. And Frank, if you're not, I mean, I know you're definitely not listening to this podcast, (laughs) but if you're not listening to the people who were giving you that criticism, then you're not doing what you should be as a coach. Because the thing about it is, is that everyone has to look in the mirror and be accountable for the decisions they made. You accounted for one bad decision, which was not even being aware of who was on the field when you made a play call for Adam Thielen. Okay, but let's be real, man. You need to be accountable for all the decisions that are being made. Not calling a timeout right before halftime when you had two. You squandered a timeout, so you didn't stop the clock. That's inexcusable. So that's just that's just basic freaking coaching. Everyone in the freaking stands was calling for a timeout. So that that's that. Not realizing the fact that you cannot call for run plays 80% of the time and not think that the other team's going to know what the freak you're going to call. Yeah, and especially when the big money running back that we picked up is averaging something like a yard and a half per carry. Yeah. I mean, I think it's 1.6. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's what he's doing, I saw another stat today that was a little bit telling. It said that in all of the history of modern NFL, the Panthers were the first team to have the ball for 38 minutes of the game and not get a single touchdown on offense or at least score 17 points. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. And and it's weird because, like, as you just said that right now, I, I remember the stats that we were quoting about Matt Rule last year, you know, not being able to score. If we didn't score more than whatever. If the opposing team, team scored, scored more than, than 17. Yeah, then, yeah. We, then we lost. Yeah. So, well – I, I, that's that's the diatribe that I care to go on. I don't I don't really care to fill in anymore. I could I could keep going. Reverend Spicy made an appearance tonight. Well, I just mean preach, that, Rev. I, I just I Reich needs it. I, I hope he hears it. He we'll try to get, get him this right. tape. Yeah, he needs to get his life right. Just, we need to make a recording. Maybe that's probably how he listens to things now. It's just like via old VHS. Uh, yeah, tape, you know, yeah. Just, 
You think he's got like a Walkman? Mate. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, little Sony Walkman. Those little like puffy headphones. Yeah, we're going to have to like sneak, sneak out one of those like, you know, self-help tapes that he probably listens to and sneak in one of our podcasts. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, well, and again, I keep going back to what Greg said on our preseason podcast about Frank Reich and, you know, needing to be humble and hand over play calling when it's time. I, I think everybody kind of I don't know if anybody expected Frank Reich to come in and be a masterful play caller because he has really never been in the past but I think we all hoped that he would hand it over to Thomas Brown and hoped that you know Thomas Brown would have something fresh and and creative to offer and you know we don't know what's going on in the building I I don't think uh, we as outsiders can we can't look at Frank and look at Bryce and look at the way this offense is being run and say you know there is a discernible plan here even though it's not working right now clearly this is gonna work in the future or work towards something you know it's it's obviously not working and you know on top of that we can't see any sort of direction from our coach or our GM or our quarterback um, or our, you know, owner. And and so I, I think that's really the, that's, that's what's got people really worked up at, at this point fed up. The, the trajectory looks flat at yeah. this point. And, and that's, the and it thing. should not be that way through it, four games. It shouldn't. The, we, we all recognize as a fan base, there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way. Um, I think if there was a situation where we were in games, the team was exciting, but we were losing at the last second, but we looked like we were capable of competing. I think the 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 narrative and the feeling on behalf of the fans right now would feel a lot different, but that's not been the case. It just looks abysmal out there, and it's boring. I I mean, it's just... The worst kind of abysmal. It's really boring to watch. It. I know what they're going to – I freak, man. I'm not even a, an NFL coordinator, I but I know what they're going to call. Yeah. Because I know what they're going to call on first down, second down, sometimes on third down, but definitely first and second down. For sure. And then when you're long on you know third and nine, yeah, we know that Bryce is going to have to go out there and, and, throw, and throw the ball. four yards. Which is crazy because then, then yeah. you're, you're putting him in a crappy situation too to have to make plays that most quarterbacks in the NFL are not having to make on a on – a, See uh, a series in, series out kind of basis. Like if you're always throwing from third and eight, third and nine, you're. <sighs> yeah, yeah, especially when your best play is a four yard toss that isn't going to be caught, and then uh, yeah. by so- anyone who's getting yards after no. contact. No. And you know, we've all said all of this same stuff for a little bit, but unfortunately, we also now have two much more daunting opponents coming up in the next two weeks, which I think makes it a little bit more, uh, I don't know, hopeless. <laughs> I hate yeah. to use that word yeah. four games into a season, but, no, yeah. you know, when you know what what's coming up. I mean, up, I wish the bye like, week could just be here right now, you know, because I just, yeah. I, this team doesn't have what it needs to, to compete and to have a chance. And I hate to say that. I was trying to not be Eeyore. They they get to you, man. You yeah. know, I just no, I was I already on this train. I I knew where it was going. I knew yeah. where it was headed. So yeah. I, no. I I just worry too because while I feel like the seeds that have been planted are not going to produce, to use an agricultural analogy, not going to produce plants this year. I I I I would hate for us to poison the ground. I'm going to keep going on the analogy, y'all. 
to poison the ground and keep those seeds from being able to grow next year. And I feel like watching Bryce being so dejected, I, I, I'm seeing like those little negative seeds start to be planted into him. And that's really shitty because I, I think it's undeserved. I think you have to, you have to have a mind like this. If you thought your best chance at winning games was going now today or at the beginning of the season was going to be to have an experienced play caller in there that could eke out wins for you, play Andy Dalton. Play Andy Dalton. Let Bryce uh, Bryce sit. But if your goal was to develop a quarterback who could learn from his mistakes but grow, grow not throwing screen passes, grow by throwing Difficult passes, but in a, an offense that's going to be reflective of a progressive offense in the future, then let him go out there and learn. Because you you can't have it both ways. He's he's going to be stymied. He is being stymied if this is what the play calling is going to look like for the next 13 games. Yeah. I mean, this, this would be the worst of all scenarios for him to play out he'd be better going to a crap well we are a crap team but a a a crap team where the coaches where were at least on paper not as polished or accomplished and we're just like accomplished is a loose term elderly is maybe better Sure, but i mean i mean like but they were just like hey kid just go show us what you got you know, and he got to go out there and kind of sling it the way that Trevor Lawrence did in his first year. I mean, it wasn't a great year for Trevor, but he would be thrown for 300 yards a game, three interceptions, three touchdowns. You Four know? interceptions. You, you know? know, I mean, but at least he's getting out there and getting a feel of the ropes. Right now, Rice isn't even being able to do that. And it's it's just a horrible, horrible product on the field from the offensive side and the the offense, I mean, the only thing that I can say that they've done recently is just buy some time to give the defense rest before it has to go out there. I mean, they've they've not consistently gone three and out, but but that's about the best that I can say that they've done. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's so bizarre because obviously there is some – Frank Reich is doing what he's doing with some sort of intent. It's, it's all very intentional. But – what I mean, what I don't understand what he thinks he is going to accomplish with Bryce playing like this because it doesn't. Bryce is not looking like a natural out there, and so I'm not sure if it's so much Frank Reich like protecting him in some weird kind of way. I don't know if that means Bryce just does not have it, or if he is being an overprotective new father with his little quarterback. And not letting him do what he does best, which is improvise and, and move around, right? I mean, that's what he's he's supposed to be the improv quarterback. And I don't know. I, I mean, he's just kind of running around holding the ball back there, not really knowing what to do because, you know, I, I, I don't I don't understand what's going on. I, I would love to hear Frank Reich explain exactly what uh, his his intent is with with babying Bryce. Like, like the behind this. the scenes explanation yeah, versus yeah. the bull crap. Like I want to know yeah. the thought process because it's too. not giving him it, if this is intended to give him confidence, it is not working I, I, at all. I totally agree. I, the only thing that's really concerning about the whole scramble things we've seen seen two scrambles by bryce in the last two games that just resulted in like just absolutely horrific turnovers um one for a six the other it was a game-changing scenario within the 
within the red zone. And, and you know, I, I'm not saying that's indicative of how Bryce is going to play the rest of his career, but he needs to learn the games faster than what you played in college, which is, you know, it, it shouldn't be so much faster. You played for Alabama in the SEC of all places, but yeah. it's faster. So. It's, yeah, it's looking like it's it's catching up to him for yeah, sure. And that's, I mean, it's, it's just something that he, as a more athletically limited person, is definitely going to have to compensate for. I, I, don't, I don't think it's even that he's athletically limited. I think that that internal clock that quarterbacks develop is what he's going to okay. have to develop. That's, that's, that's fair enough. It's just like that one, two, three, four, you got to get rid of it. You know, you just got to know your limits. That there. dude's messing up his his Mississippi's in his head. What it's because uh, he was from Alabama. You know, he played on it one Alabama, two Alabama. Three Alabama. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I I could dog on this forever. I I am not yeah. like this. You y'all know that, but I I just this is it's gotten the best of me. That's for sure, man. That's for sure. I had hope. I did say last week. I was like, if we, I said it's desperation mode because if we don't win this game, which we lost. I'm like, we ain't winning the next two games. We're looking at a strong 0-6. So, all right, BK, what's the fun topic of the week? Thanks, Adam. This week's game had me feeling like maybe it is me. Maybe I've changed. Or maybe I need to switch teams for everyone's sake. Y'all know that I'm open about the fact that I switched teams in the past. Some people feel shame in switching teams. But it was really liberating for me. Personally, Switching teams has been really good for me. Feels more natural and my relationship with the game is much healthier since I switched teams. <laughs> Can't even say that with a straight face, could you? <laughs> healthier? I think I need to restate that. No, I don't think you need to either. You okay. need to keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's healthier. 0-4. It can be difficult switching teams. Some people think it comes down to a lifestyle choice. But for me, it was more about figuring out who I really was. Although it can be scary, coming out on the other side of a team switch can be one of the most rewarding things you can do for yourself. It's about being true for you and to yourself. Now, I don't think I can switch again. You know the old adage, once you go panther blue and black, you can never go back. So much to unpack here. <laughs> Today's fun topic is. Oh, no. If you could switch teams, would you? <laughs> Adam, have you ever thought about switching teams? <laughs> We're talking about football, right? <laughs> totally talking about football. So, Spice, have you ever thought about switching teams? <laughs> this, this year I have. It's been a bit of a walk. Some might call it a journey. <laughs> Everyone's journey is their own, Adam. Appreciate you saying that, BK. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for you. Uh, so, if you could switch teams, who who would you be pulling for there? Um. Yeah, I. Uh, this is hard for me, but uh, but um, I think 
this, but but I think I think I think if I had to switch teams, my team would be the Miami Dolphins. Why is that? I just think I like Tua. I think he's gone through a lot. <laughs> And I think that uh, he's bounced back and had a really admirable um, season so far. And I think that I, I appreciate a lot of the uh, just, just I don't know, for, fortitude that he's shown. You know, just to, I mean, it's got to be pretty scary in a league like this where getting hit can knock you out, literally, uh, for games and and months at a time, and then also the the fear of CTE in the future. But he he has come through and uh, turned out to be a, a far better quarterback than I think many people would have thought he would have been coming out of college. And uh, so, I don't know. I, I think he's an exciting player. I think that's an exciting team. That was a tough loss they took to Buffalo because, I mean, Buffalo beat the pants off of them mm-hmm. uh, this week. But, but no, I, I, I think it's also great to just – cheer for a team that's also sharing the same city as one of my heroes, Lionel Messi. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's I like ca- how you brought that in. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm, I'm glad that my fun topic of the week has made you sweat. I can see it glistening <laughs> from over here. Yeah. <laughs> She's not joking. I was laughing way too yeah, hard at yeah. that. Well, um, Will, we all know that you would consider switching teams for TB12, but he's retired. <laughs> So anyone else you'd switch teams for now? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean that's that's easy. And my mom won't like this, but uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, you yeah. know, that's that's an easy one. I'm just tired of the scrubs. I, I just want winners now. Um, so no that. no particular allegiance. I just like you know. You want to be a winner. <clears throat> yeah, I want to be a winner. You want to be on the winning team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just like a good ball game. Is all. I like it, Will. I like it. All right, BK. So really well presented. Uh, fun topic there. So if you if you were to have to switch teams again, 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 again. Um, yeah, don't want to leave that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which team would you switch? It's a great question, Adam. If I switch, and I don't, I don't think I can switch again. I don't think I can. I would cheer for the New England Patriots. Oh, my Why? God. Why, you ask? Why? No. Because I'm toxic. <laughs> I destroy teams. Every team I pull for ends up worse after I begin pulling for them. The Jets had a Super Bowl in their history. 38 years with me, all they got is butt fumbles. <laughs> the Panthers, multiple Super Bowl appearances before I hopped on the bandwagon, and look at us now. I'm not sure if the Patriots really need much help being destroyed at this point in the season, but if anyone can do it, I know it's me. We appreciate that, BK. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, we have another game coming up against the... Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Yeah, I knew that. Um, (laughs) So, uh, BK, what do you think is going to go down in this game? I think we all know what's going to happen. I think we're going to lose... I think we're going to lose by a lot, um, and by a lot, multiple touchdowns. I mean, I, I think I saw a spread of like eight and a, eight half. And a half. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if it's within 15, 
20 points. Um, and I hate to be so negative, but I don't know that we have played the greatest teams yet and we haven't had uh, much success at all. So <clears throat> there's a little success in there somewhere, but perhaps, um, I just, I don't think it's going to be pretty this weekend, unfortunately, but, uh, Spice, what's your thoughts? Um, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be a loss for us. Uh, it didn't bode well when after the Thursday night game, when the Lions spanked the Falcons who spanked us, that in the locker room speech after the game that the coach for the Lions was like basically gearing up for us. We had not even played um, this week, and he's like, next up, the Panthers. And, I mean, like, the damn team looks like they're about to go Viking Valhalla or whatever it is on us, you know. And I was just like, that's not good. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like ponies running against horses out there. So, um, anyway... (laughs) Uh, I definitely am predicting an L. I do think the team will buck up a bit and just pride will hopefully come to play some role in the way that we're playing, which hasn't happened thus far. And it will be within two touchdowns, but I don't have much hope other than that. They have a dynamic team. They're, they're, they're a building team. Good offense. It's funny. I think the Matthew Stafford trade worked well for both, uh, Los Angeles and for Detroit, the way that that worked out. So Jared Goff was always considered to be a good quarterback, but sometimes chemistry is just, it's just a thing you can't really put a finger on. But Matthew Stafford obviously goes to LA, wins a Super Bowl. Jared Goff now in Detroit. That didn't work out great the first year, but seems like things are coming together. They have a dynamic running team. Jameer Gibbs, uh, what's, he's not even the premier back. Premier back, I think, had like three touchdowns last week. So, um, I, I think they're definitely going to win and, uh, and, and I'm hoping that it will be within a couple of touchdowns and that pride will take a role, but it did very easily could get out of control the way we've been playing and the way they've been playing. They've been playing increasingly better defense over the weeks that have gone on. And I, I think it's conceivable they could really put the lockdown on us the way that it's not even been put down on so far. So We'll see. I'm hope, hoping like anything that I'm wrong, but I, I just don't see that being the case. Well, well, well Stradamus, what you got? This has gotten pretty bleak around here. Yeah, it's gotten dark even. I mean, best case scenario, a two touchdown loss is what I'm hearing so far. <laughs> um, you know, something about, tells me, yeah, yeah you're not and you're about it to double it down. <laughs> no, I, I just going to see a seventy spot again. This uh, it's entirely possible, I guess. But no, I think it's funny. You know, in years past, this is the perfect game where you know everybody thinks the Panthers are going to lose, and then they just jump up and they manage to somehow beat a significantly better team out, yeah. out of nowhere it's after they've line. looked totally incompetent. Yep. But definitely not this year. That is absolutely not happening. You know, I. I knew it was going to be a loss last week. It was 0% surprising. It's going to be a loss this week. Um, and, you know, I, I, I am not even hopeful that we will see anything different happen in this game from, from our offense. I, I think our defense is going to put up a good fight, but the offense coming off the field so quickly, potentially turning the ball over, um, too, is, is going to be rough. 
but you know, it's not even been that. It's not been that we can't get some first downs. Not a lot. We're not we're not a, an efficient offense, but it's it's just the inability to get into the red zone and do something meaningful in the red zone. And so even if the offense can buy the defense time, it ultimately feels meaningless when they're not being able to do anything more than maybe maybe the uh, you know a, a field goal try. I mean, we almost took ourselves out of a field goal try at the end of the half last uh, the most recent game because of you know just poor clock management. We're seeing a ton of mental mistakes at, at every level, and so ultimately, you know that that comes back to the coaching. Um, I, I think Frank Reich has shown us a lot of really unfortunate things in his first four games, and I can only hope that it gets better because that will really kill us um, if it doesn't. But yeah, just all, all the mental mistakes are killing us, especially you know penalties. I mean, just all the things we've talked about pushing us out of the red zone. Yeah, and- totally agree. Well, guys, with that uplifting uh, assessment from the crew. Um, we want to tell you that we're going to take a, a few games hiatus. I don't think we're going to be back here putting out a pod until at least after the um, after the bye week. Uh, it's 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 tough being a fan. It's very tough being as committed and uh, you know just the effort that we put into putting into a podcast to try to be out here, give you guys something to listen to. Uh, but ultimately feel like we don't really have much to work with with the way that the the Panthers are playing. I was doing some rough calculations in my mind today, and I think we've won 10 out of the 20, I think it might be a little bit more than that, 30-some games that we've done podcast about. So we're at best reporting on like a win out of every three to four games that we play it's really rough that's that's some that's some terrible math it, it it is and it's rough but look we we're committed to coming back i think we just all need a break we're, we're so emotionally um committed to the team and i think that just weighs on us at points in time and i i think that just for all of us who sit in these chairs and try to put this content out i just think it's best if we just take a break and hope that we're looking at a better scenario after the uh the bye week but even if we're not we'll 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 try to get some more content out there and um see where things are who knows what can happen in the next few weeks so we'll see not not the not the rosiest thing to say but i think it's something most accurate yeah, most accurate. I hate yeah. that the the Eeyore has has bled through to to everyone else. It's, you know, it, it doesn't bring me any joy. Uh, it's not Eeyore. It bro. Like we it wouldn't doesn't. think it would bring you joy. Would <laughs> I, to to your credit, Will, I don't think that's Eeyore. I think that's just reality. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can paint a much prettier picture than zero and four. And what we try to paint each week. So to that end, though, and we we never want to be ungrateful for the folks that do help to make this podcast possible. So we'd like to thank our chief program editor, Susan B. Cutting, of course, our head of culinary affairs who keeps us well fed, Mo Salt, our office intern and apprentice, our on-call, well, our new on-call and never stalled, staff urologist Ivana Tinkle, our Louisiana Bayou correspondent alligator. She's getting fired. She just hadn't got her papers yet. Relax. Our director of geriatric care, Live Long. Our coastal Carolina meteorologist, Harry Kane. Our Tom Brady liaison, Hugh Jass. Our office pipe inspector, Lee King. Our office pasta aficionado, Al Dente. Our away game predictor, Lance Lyde. And finally, our in-house cartographer, 
Mark Z Spot. <laughs> Is there anything else that you guys would like to say? That's a lot of people on the payroll for our hiatus, man. We got to figure out how we're going to feed. Some people put food don't get checks. Yeah, it's true, but some people don't get checks every week anyway. So it's yeah. it's some of their work's a little we'll spotty. Just, look, this is true. We'll just tell them it's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, you guys? Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding, Panther Nation. Hang in there and catch us next time. Thanks so much. Bye bye.